You're listening to episode 55 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we dive into diet trauma, how to spot it, and what to do about it. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right. So today we are going to talk about the topic of diet trauma. Now, you may be familiar with what most people would consider to be trauma, but I want to talk about it in the realm of diet, weight loss, and our body, because I think this is very common and most of us don't realize what we've experienced as diet trauma. So I want to bring some awareness to it because this is also why we can struggle around following our hunger and satiety cues. We might struggle when we just want food, even though we may not be hungry for it. Or we might have a hard time to stop eating when it just tastes so good. So this is going to set the stage and set the foundation to where when we understand this, we can now understand the nuances of these other topics given this context. Many of us have learned and picked up whether we were overtly told or whether it was just this subculture that we learned or picked up on that our bodies are not to be trusted, that we need to spend a lot of time and energy trying to control them, trying to force them into a certain size, shape, or weight. We might have been told that how you looked wasn't good enough or maybe how you looked wasn't bad, but looking like that over there was better. You may not have been shamed for your body, but there still may have been these ideals of an hourglass figure is better. You don't want your thighs to touch. You want a really narrow waist. And we have these ideas as to what the right size body looks like, what perfect looks like. Ultimately, we pick up that our bodies are celebrated when they're smaller, when they are a certain size or a certain shape, and then they can be ignored when they're bigger. Or you might even feel like there's judgment against you for your body. And I also want to point out here that a lot of times when we are afraid of other people judging us or we are very watchful and noticing of other people judging us or what we perceive to be judging, often we are judging ourselves first. So that's the first place that I want to recognize is that we cannot control what anybody else thinks, says, does, how they look at you. We can't control any of that. What you can do is control how you want to think and how you want to show up. Let's look at how this plays and impacts trauma because so often we don't realize that we are experiencing forms of diet trauma. So I really want to use this time today to flush out what this is, how it shows up, and what the first steps look like to being able to work through this. Often we think of trauma as coming from things like being in a war, poverty, a terrible accident, watching someone die, these very big things that might happen in your life. But really, trauma can stem from any distressing experience. It doesn't have to be what we would consider really big life events. We can have a very visceral sensation in your body because trauma triggers your nervous system. Not only do we have thoughts and emotions that come up with this kind of response, but now you might find that your heart rate quickens or your breathing quickens. Your body temperature might fluctuate, so you might get really hot and flushed. You might get really cold. 
You might start shivering or shaking. Things that your body is responding in a way where it doesn't feel safe and it might be acting in an uncontrollable manner. Most of us have not processed all the times that we have been told that our body somehow wasn't good enough. That it was too big, too small, it was bad, it was not okay, it needed to be solved, it was a problem, it was unworthy. And so the good news here is that we can start to challenge the diet culture, we can challenge the voices around us or voices that we grew up with, and ultimately the voice of our own brain that can keep us stuck and hold us back. Okay, because we are all grown-ass adults here. We are grown men and women. We can choose to think different thoughts on purpose. And we don't have to stay stuck and let somebody from decades ago hold you hostage. You get to be in charge of how you think and feel about yourself today. Okay? So I really want you, if you walk away with (laughs) one thing, I want it to be that you can choose how you want to think and feel about yourself and about your body. You have that power. You can start thinking anything you want. That is your choice. So let's talk about diets here for just a second, because most of us have dieted from a place of, I have to fix myself. I'm not good enough as I am right now. Something about me is wrong. And so I need to be fixed. My body needs to be fixed. And so we approach most diets as, well, I have to take away certain foods. I have to force myself to exercise and to do these things. I have to force myself to follow these lifestyle habits instead of, looking at what am I choosing to do and making choices from an empowered decision. So often it's, well, I have to take away the food. The food is not allowed instead of I'm choosing to eat this food and not that. Or I'm choosing to eat more of these foods and less of those foods. And typically we take away all the food that tastes good. We take away the foods that we enjoy. And so in the past, if you were on a diet, that often meant you didn't get to eat the foods that you really liked. You didn't get to eat the foods that tasted good. So you had to follow strict calorie counts or cut out entire food groups or cut out the foods that you really loved or enjoy. So no sweets, no carbs, no bread, no wine, no beer. There was going to be some diet out there that told you that your favorite foods were bad and therefore you should not be eating them. And often these are foods that we're emotionally eating, but instead of recognizing the emotional attachment, we want to blame the food. So carbs is a great example. Several years ago, I was in the no-carb camp. I cannot lose weight eating carbs. Nobody can lose weight eating carbs. That is just not possible. I would have bet my house on it. (laughs) I really would have fought tooth and nail, especially for my story that I could not lose weight and eat carbs. To the point that if I started to eat a little bit of carbs to try it out, to test it out, and then the scale went up even just a a little bit, I would freak out and I'd be like, ah, see, I can't eat carbs. I'd have all of these thoughts and all this proof and evidence as to how it wasn't possible for me. But really, (laughs) the problem wasn't the carbs. It wasn't a problem that I was having some rice with my lunch. It wasn't a problem that I was having a piece of bread with breakfast. The problem was that I was emotionally eating all throughout the afternoon. The problem was that I kept overeating from lunch into dinner and into the night. The problem wasn't the piece of bread. It was the three protein bars, the popcorn, the ice cream, and who knows what else I was binging that night. That was the real problem. I kept telling myself it was the carbs. I just had to exercise more and eat less. I just had to low-carb harder. I had all of these ideas around, here's what I got to eat. Here's what I've got to stay away from. And so there was this very clear line of good food versus bad food. And no matter what diet you've followed in the past, no matter what diet you've had, quote, success with in the past, which, again, we all know it doesn't work if you ever gain the weight back. But 
If you ever have these ideas around what foods you can and can't eat in order to lose weight, that can trigger a trauma response for your brain and for your body. I see this come up now with other clients. The problem wasn't that they wanted to eat pizza. Pizza was never the problem. They might have told themselves it was pizza. They might have told themselves it was carbs, but it was that they were eating an entire pizza by themselves because they were trying to restrict it and not eat it. And so then when it was allowed, because it was this forbidden fruit, now they were overeating and they were binging on it. That was the real problem. That was what we really need to solve for. It's not that the carbs were the issue. We want to be aware and make sure that we are solving for the right problem. Essentially here, with the way that we've dieted in the past, we create strict rules about what or how much you're allowed to eat. And that often makes it hard for you to enjoy your life. <laughs> Just to put it bluntly. So it's harder to go out to a restaurant and to eat out. It's harder to go to a potluck or a family get-together. It's harder to go to a bar and hang out with friends who might be drinking wine and you're not drinking. And so we feel like we have to miss out on life and miss out on all these fun times and special occasions and holidays and traditions and Mima's famous pumpkin pie recipe or whatever it is. It's like we're missing out. That is the story is that when I'm dieting, I am missing out. I'm missing out on food. I'm missing out on sleep. I'm missing out on the good times. I have to take these things away. And it's now punishment is essentially what's happening. That number is too high. So now you are punishing yourself by taking away food, punishing yourself by what you have to do in the gym. This is the typical diet journey or the typical diet philosophy. I'm sure all of you have likely heard that your body is just a simple math equation. It's just calories in, calories out. You just got to eat less and exercise more. Or for some of you, maybe you think that your body is this complex balance of hormones and you need smoothies and supplements and timing everything just right. I'm not saying that's a wrong way to describe the body because, yes, we are a balance of hormones. And, yes, we do have to be mindful of what is coming in the body versus what is going out. But it's not that simple. Our bodies are like a highly tuned thermostat that doesn't like a lot of change. And its sole purpose is it's designed to keep you alive. Your brain is wired like that. Your body is wired like that. Your body is very primal in the way that it operates, just like your brains are, which means it doesn't like a lot of restriction, especially severe food restriction. Your body doesn't think, oh, we're just losing weight now. This is the thing to do. Great. Your body, when you cut out entire food groups, when you do severe calorie restriction, when you try to exercise for three hours a day every day and cut back on what you're eating, your body is literally like, oh, shit, there is a famine. Something has gone terribly wrong in the world. Maybe there's war. Maybe there's extreme weather conditions. There is a very real threat to your survival. That is literally what your brain and your body is sensing. And so when it's restricted like that, it creates memories in your nervous system and in your brain. So the physical sensations that you feel in, in the, that nervous system, it has this imprint just like it does with your brain. And so you end up with a lot of conditioning around anything that tastes good must be forbidden. It's bad. So all of these, quote, bad foods now, we should not be eating, and now you are bad if you eat it. So it's not just that's a bad food. It's now you are bad because you are eating it. So it's now moralizing food and moralizing yourself based off of what you're eating. Not to mention, we have thoughts like, you really shouldn't be eating this, or you don't get this that often, or it's going to go away soon. You don't have much time left. You don't want everybody else to eat it all before you can. 
You might also have thoughts, go big or go home. Screw it, you already blew your diet this week. Don't worry about it. We'll start over next week. We'll start over on Monday. We have all kinds of thoughts that play into this. So now when you eat the, quote, forbidden fruit, especially when it now tastes good and it's good food, it activates this diet trauma inside of you. So even though nothing is going wrong and you've got people like me who are encouraging you to eat all foods, that no food is bad, that you can eat the foods that you love and still lose weight, there is this siren in your brain that's going off. And it's like, warning, warning. Oh no, this food tastes good. Oh, this is really bad. The last time she did this, she stopped eating for a week and we had to do this juice cleanse. And oh, this is terrible. And it goes straight into fight or flight survival mode. And when your nervous system starts panicking that you're going to do something traumatic to it, like take away food groups, take away big amounts of food and start this extreme dieting, extreme exercising, you start eating faster and faster to escape the panic. And now we have even more excuses and justifications that come up trying to calm down your nervous system. We eat really fast. We feel very panicky. And this is why, as I think back on my whole carb experience of this feeling of panic or anxiety that might have been fairly short-lived, but somebody encouraging me to eat a bite of carbs when it was this, quote, bad food, even though I could go and eat my low-carb ice cream or protein bars or whatever, which still have carbs in it, But whatever I saw these bad foods, there was this quickened sense of my stomach tightening. And I was like, oh, no, this is bad. And can be some real sense of an anxiety around that. But eventually, you get tired of telling yourself no from that place of punishment. So we want to understand that this is normal. This is how many of us have been trained and conditioned. Anyone who has ever dieted and regained weight just to try to lose it again later, this is everybody's story. There might be some slight differences here and there, but we all end up with this fear of restriction running through the background of our thoughts when it comes to food and weight loss and exercise and body image. And so we want to start to bring all of this up. And this is why I work with clients around what I call ending the war with food. This is what it looks like, is really diving into what are the food rules that you have And let's really start to process and work through them. Because when I give you this blank check to go and eat your favorite foods, you still likely are holding very tightly to these diet rules. The Titanic has just sunk and you are in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and your diet rules are the life raft. That is what is happening. You're like, okay, she says that I can eat whatever I want. That's great. But I can't let go of this because otherwise I would sink and I would die. So we have to learn how we can let go of our diet rules which means that we have to address this trauma response and we have to address a lot of our thoughts and a lot of our conditioning around food and body and weight loss as a whole. How do we start to solve for diet trauma? And I want to just walk you through the first step because this is just the beginning. Okay, so the first piece is we need to break this cycle. And the way that we break it is that you put food on your plan that you actually enjoy. You eat the foods that you actually like and you give yourself permission Do not eat certain foods if you don't like them. (laughs) So part of it is not being afraid of telling people no because you don't want to eat something, not eating food to please people. The other part, though, is really just taking an honest assessment and looking at, okay, what foods do you actually like? Do you like meat? What kinds of meat? Do you like vegetables? Which vegetables? Do you like fruit? Do you like certain desserts? Are there certain desserts that you're like, you know what? I really could live without that. I'm just not a fan. And giving yourself that permission and knowing, hey, I don't have to eat it just because it's here. I don't have to eat it to make anybody else feel good. 
I started working with a new client last month and she told me how much she loves bread, but she tries really hard not to eat it because it's bad. Putting bad in quotes, <laughs> it's not helpful for weight loss. That's typically what we think of if it's a bad food. We think of it, it's not going to help me lose weight as if the food has that power. Remember, it's not about the food. It's about our emotional eating. So I asked her if it were a perfect world and she could eat it as much as she wanted, how often would she want to eat bread? And she said five times a week. And I said, great. I think her brain about exploded because I told her she should put it on her plan every single day. And this is something that she really wanted to work on. I have some clients who we remove certain foods so that they can create a healthy relationship in their mind with it first before they bring it into the house and introduce it into their eating habits. For some clients, they just want to go straight into, I want to learn how to have a healthy relationship with this food. Even if it's something like candy or wine or chocolate or bread, it, it's I want to have a healthy relationship with bread. I want to be able to eat a piece to not freak out. I want to understand that I might have a desire for more, but I know how to say no from a place of self-love. I know that I can have it again tomorrow. All right, And we start to work on this entire relationship that we have with food. But when her thought is, this won't help me lose weight, she's going to have a lot of fear and anxiety and panic when she's eating it. Even if she is eating it, her cortisol levels are going to be high, which means that her body is in fight or flight mode. So now instead of it functioning properly and diverting energy and resources into weight loss, it's now thinking, oh, there's a bear. Something's going to come and attack me. And really, the anxiety is there because of the food. So we can be eating it and be anxious and create more of that self-fulfilling prophecy to where we find evidence now for, oh, look, see, I couldn't eat it. When really your cortisol was spiked and your hunger was increased and you were on alert and your body was like thinking there was a real threat. So that's why it wasn't diverting extra energy to weight loss. And sometimes I think we fear being able to stop eating the food because it tastes so good or we tell ourselves, I'm just not going to be able to stop or it's going to be so hard to stop. But again, it's only hard to stop because we keep restricting it. It's only hard because we never allow ourselves to eat it and to enjoy it, to eat it peacefully, to eat it calmly. We fear eating the, these now bad foods, these foods that are not helpful for weight loss, in quotes, because we always blame the food for why we gained weight instead of looking at, were you even hungry? Were you overeating? <laughs> were you binging? What else was going on? Right? Because again, for me, it wasn't the carbs that I was eating at lunch. It wasn't the piece of toast that I had with breakfast. It was the fact that I kept trying to restrict too much. I kept trying to overexercise and undereat. I kept thinking I needed to eat as late in the day as humanly possible. I was not eating enough food. I wasn't eating enough quality food. And honestly, it was because I had a health coach who told me I needed six servings of carbs a day. And for me, we did not do this work of changing my relationship to carbs, of healing my diet trauma. So I was like, you have lost your damn mind. There's absolutely no way I can do this. It was just too big of a jump. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to over the years who have felt this way about some kind of food to the point that they think that maybe they're addicted to carbs or sweets or chocolate. Instead of recognizing that, oh, maybe they're just using it as a coping mechanism. Maybe their brain has just learned that food is just a really rapid, reliable, and effective sense of relief. While we want to plan it, we also want to plan it in a way and in a proportion where it feels doable. It feels healthy. It feels good. For me, looking back on that, I should have planned to have a piece of bread or a portion of rice once a day and to have that be the goal and just get used to once a day and then slowly increase it. 
and build up my relationship with food and really practice listening for am I really hungry? Have I had enough? And what other emotional eating is going on? Which is not what I was taught, but I'm just saying in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, hindsight's 20-20. I can see it all (laughs) much more clearly now. But that would have been a much better way. So as you're thinking about this and you're putting food on your plan, also give yourself some grace and compassion. You may not have this overwhelming sense of freedom around all food right away. That's okay. I didn't. I have some clients who do. But for most of my clients, it takes some time. They have to break years and years of these diet rules being drilled into their heads and these very real fears and these reactions of their nervous system and the way that their body responds, there's a lot that we have to unpack and uncover. But this work is so worth it. You'll be surprised and quite frankly, excited and impressed and proud of yourself to see how all of this compounds over the course of a couple weeks. This fear of not being able to stop, especially when it tastes really good, we're going to dive into that more on a future episode. But It's only happening because your body is panicking because of what it's experienced in the past, because of the trauma that we have put it through in the past with our thoughts and with food and with exercise. Okay, so the way we solve for it, step one, is we plan it and we eat it intentionally and we start to build our self-trust around food, around drinks, around exercise. This aspect of self-trust is so important. We've got to learn how to trust ourselves around all food. It's going to take practice and patience and compassion for yourself as you rewire this relationship with food, but it is so totally worth it. So if you want to break through diet trauma and really, truly end the war with food, then I would love to show you how. You can schedule your free consult at www bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And let's see if coaching is right for you. I help all of my clients really heal their relationship to food. We eliminate the restriction and the quick fixes that only lead to increased desire, overeating, and binging. I'll teach you how to stop obsessing about food and what you can and can't eat. I'll teach you how to eat healthy without feeling deprived or needing willpower so that you can build trust and self-confidence around food. And then you get to decide what your 1% level ups look like day to day, week by week. We also clean up the emotional eating so that you can create more emotional satisfaction in your life so that you're not seeking it at the bottom of a bag of Oreos. So you feel safe in your body. You can handle any emotion without needing food. And you learn how to say no from a place of peace and contentment and self-love because you're now not saying no from a place of punishment and taking away food which means it's not triggering that rebellious attitude, that rebellious teenager that's still inside of you because we all still have that. (laughs) This is the type of work that I do with clients and I would love to help you too. This is something that is not talked about enough. And this is part of what makes me and my work so unique is really helping you to address and identify what's really happening under the surface to really transform your relationship with food, body, and ultimately with yourself so that you can change your self-talk, so that you can build your self-trust and your self-love and stop beating yourself up every time you make a mistake. Kind of a heavy topic here, but this will set the stage and set the foundation to help you understand some of the future content that I talk about. So super excited. July has some really good, fun topics, and we're going to be into August here before we know it. All right. Questions, comments, fears, regrets? Shoot me a message. Come find me on Instagram or on Facebook. 
or schedule a consult and let's chat, okay? Here's to creating the life and body you crave. Have a great week, y'all. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.